0: Hi, and welcome to season one, episode 11 of Alice in Wonderland. I'm Vic Philipson in a cold and wet Kristiansand, Norway.
1: And I'm Alice, and I'm wandering in London this week.
0: Uh, in the metropolitan. How's it going over there?
1: Well, I mean, I didn't expect <laughs> to come back to London and then for things to become a bit hairy here because, of course, coronavirus struck kind of as I arrived. And um, I'm worried about getting back to Morocco because, you know, as the threat level, I mean, today we see Donald Trump has closed flights from Europe yes. to America, and I've got I'm meant to be flying back to Morocco on Saturday, so I'm really worried that they'll shut Gatwick or Morocco will stop taking people in because Morocco's only got one known case or one person has died, and it's got three cases. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible to be walking around London, and it's empty, and people are really worried, and if anybody coughs on the tube, we all have a conniption. <laughs> it, it's a very strange feeling, actually.
0: Yes, it is. It's a very strange feeling. It's also here. <clears throat> very weird. And because so I'm right in the middle of it because, you know, my wife's an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Oh, my gosh. So, oh, yeah. So they're getting, and she works in a public hospital. Uh, she's also yeah. got a private practice, but she's in a public hospital. Yeah. So there she they are they are gearing up yeah are they Mm -hmm, very much yeah
1: i don't know whether it's but it seems strange because on the one hand it's obviously spreading very fast but on the other hand you know not i'm not disrespecting those who die but but it seems that we, we are reacting very heavily to something that so far is claiming fewer casualties than regular flu
0: until you see the projected numbers and that's what came out yesterday here in Norway. Yeah. And in an area of 301,000 people, that's the drawing area of this hospital. If, the, depending on what the, as we know, the R-naught, the, infecti- yeah. the infectability is, uh, we could end up with, and, and we have eight intensive care beds wow. in this hospital. Wow. Okay. That's all there's ever yeah. been need for. Yeah. If the depending on if it's it's one point if it's one point four or not, they can cope. If it goes yeah. to one point eight, you know, and it could be two, it could be higher than that. Yeah. Uh they're talking about thirty six intensive patients a day, seventy seven thousand people infected, and thirty six people needing every day intensive care beds. So that's what the concern is. Yeah. So
1: that's four times as much as they have. So Yeah,
0: and so we're t- that's again that you know the magic word is we're all trying to to flatten the curve to st- yeah we're all probably going to get it the idea is to keep them from all getting it at the same time that's the well, goal we'll see. right well, now
1: i mean i as i say i'm hoping to go back to morocco and i mean, medical facilities there are some are very good some aren't so good i'm mm-hmm. not in the high risk category so no. um and i you know, where I live, it's quite isolated. We don't have that many people. So I wonder, I wonder what will happen there, but I, I hope they develop a vaccine soon. I mean, obviously the governments worldwide are taking it months, incredibly seriously. 18, 18 months. months. Everybody, it's a long time. So, all
0: the experts saying 18 months. So, yeah. and I listen to, you know, I listen to this week in virology every week. Yeah. And, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I yeah. That's an interesting. interest. Kind of really into that. And, uh, that, you know that's the the wise money says eighteen months. Yesterday, um, we've all been. Of course, I'm in the cruise business. You know, yeah. I work for the cruise ships, so we've all been on tenterhooks. And the axe fell yesterday. Uh, oh, did it? Bergen said the three big three the three of the biggest ports in Norway said you're welcome to come in provision and take on water, but you are not welcome to land passengers. Wow. And I was supposed to have a conference call this morning with the harbor. In Kristiansand, it didn't happen because they are in constant meetings. I'm absolutely certain they're going to say the same thing. Yeah. I think they're going to say nationwide. Well, you're you're welcome to cruise in Norwegian waters. And yeah. we can't deny you the ability to provision, but you're not going to be able to put people on land. We're, we can't, you know, we can't take that chance. So it's
1: really, what, well, I mean, it is really worrying and who would want to get on a cruise ship? I don't really want to get on an airplane with all that circulating air, but I do want to get home. So let's just all keep our well, fingers crossed and hopefully nobody's what,
0: affected. What we're doing, we're dividing the house in half, right? Because I am in the high risk category. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> my <son> and I, <laughs> we have kind of a separate almost apartment. Yeah, where my 17 year old's been living and he was so upset because he got kicked out the old man's moving down yeah i'm moving down there and taking over the kitchen how long
1: will you keep that how long will you keep that up for
0: right now a month right now the plan is we'll do this for a month
1: but okay uh,
0: miracle of miracle not miracle of miracle but thank god they just announced that dogs don't transmit this Oh, phew. So Rocky can go in and out of every door. Because I was going to take him to quarantine with me, but he doesn't have to. So So, are you
1: literally not going to see your wife and son for a month?
0: We are building a physical barrier between two parts of the houses. And uh, yeah, so I won't see them. Yep.
1: That is so weird. No offense.
0: Very (laughs) weird, but... But that's the only way. I mean, because she's going to get it. Because Beata she's
1: going to get it. She yeah, is sure. going to get
0: it, and the boys probably will too. So yeah. the, the goal is to keep me from getting it as long as possible. So yeah. I'm, I'm cancelling all. I'm not going anywhere, I'm just, you know, it's going to be me in the dog. Wow. I mean, who,
1: you know, it's so strange how the world turns, isn't it? I think we talked about this before, you know, when I hit those quicksands, and in a second, my world almost changed, mm-hmm. and then with the coronavirus, you know, two weeks ago, we're doing a podcast from Rocco, I'm I talking know. about the end of the expedition, everything's normal, I'm looking forward to coming back to the UK,
0: yep. and
1: now, we're literally talking about lockdown, we're, 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 we don't know what's going to happen. You're building a physical barrier between you and your. It's like the plague has come. It's like the and end of days. That's what it feels like.
0: Oh, it, it does. But again, this is, it's not the end of days, not at all. It's just that I think it's our, and I I am in no way a patriot in, in any form, to any country, right? Yeah. But it is our duty to each other to try and do the best we can to slow this down as much as we can. So yeah. I'm doing this because I know I'm going to be around infected people. And if I get sick, I'm going to be 10 times the load to the health system that those guys will be. Yeah, So yeah, I get it. No,
1: it's really responsible. And I I congratulate you on it. I admire you for it.
0: Yeah, I just think that it's uh, the, the, the thing we have to do kind of all together. And you know, one thing about Norway is they have been through so much hardship together. This is the only country in the world that, you know, when they were given the opportunity to have enormous wealth in 1969 with the oil, that they decided to not, they they basically nationalized the oil industry. Yeah. And they've used that money to, and they've pushed, yeah. yeah. And this is the, only in this country where they've been through so many years of occupation and war and famine and terribly poor conditions that, and they remember that.
1: Yeah. The, so they are hardy people.
0: They're hardy and I think they will pull together and yeah. not out well, of not because the government's going to tell them to do it yeah. but because that's what they do for each other and I But I I, I think I,
1: we all will. It's I, hope I think so. I think no, the human I you know, I'm a I I like the, I like humans, I think we're good. I think 99.9% of us are good and we try to do good things. so and this is a time to pull together yeah. um, and to make sure that we do take precautions and that we but we also continue to care for our elderly folk mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons, isn't it? It's also to continue to care for your neighbors, make sure they're okay, mm-hmm. all of that all of those things mm-hmm. without putting them in jeopardy. That's the difficulty.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so hopefully all will go well
0: well tell about your neighbors are many you worried about them or if what happens if you can't get home
1: well if i can't get home i think i'll go up to scotland and be with my mom and dad they're Ah, in their 80s but then i'll have to really isolate because they're in their 80s um
0: Mm. so that
1: is a slight worry um no can you move your flight up can you
0: still get out today
1: I'm staying on, actually, because I'm I'm going on Radio 4 on Saturday. Oh, I'm doing Saturday oh boy. Live. Oh boy. So okay, I, I okay. want to take that opportunity because it'll be fun. So if you're listening now, listen again on Friday, on Saturday <laughs> okay, to the BBC super. Radio 4 at 9 o'clock, Saturday Live. It's an advert. <laughs> um, so, no, I'm, I'm definitely staying for that. But um, I'm hoping I'll get home. This I think we're still a week away from things really closing down, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. and when i get home i'm gonna go because of the time i'll go straight up to imlil mm-hmm. which you know is a very remote community in the mountains
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh we don't have good medical care but we also don't have a lot of people
0: starting to warm up there isn't it
1: yes it is it is and uh,
0: that may yeah, which really is help. good
1: and this and the sun is strong so mm-hmm. when the sun is out it's You know, it's hot, Mm -hmm. um, even though the air is quite cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's good. And as I say, we're a very isolated community, so we don't have the problems that... um, I think you're about to... By the way, if you hear some noise now, it's because I'm sitting in an alleyway in London (laughs) and the bin man is just coming past to collect the bins. So that's what the noise is. Um, Yeah, I know. The glamour. (laughs) What an image. The glamour. The glamour. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting home because... You know, I've been away for such a long time, and the huge shock, frankly, of coming from yeah, tell, the emptiness to the fullness.
0: Tell about that. How was it getting? I mean, going from you, uh, six camels, and four pe- four men, and then into the ten million people. What was it like?
1: Well, it's really weird. You feel a bit schizophrenic. i you know, because you have to just flip into your other persona so I stopped being Zahra which is what I am in the desert and I start being Alice again
0: Um,
1: and at first I love it I love seeing all my friends I love you know it's great for me to to just see how many things there are and to go and look at the clothes shops and to see what's on at the cinema and I enjoy all of that and just to see what people are wearing and what they're doing and what they're talking about so I really enjoy it, like hugely enjoy it and kind of bathe in it. And then, but now it's just started to get a bit overwhelming because I'm not in my own space and I'm not eating my own food. You know, the food here is also rich mm-hmm. and there's, there's just so much stuff. I'm, I've got used to living a bit more simply and which I actually think is more restful and more mm-hmm. conducive to working and more easier. It's actually easier. That's what they don't tell you in our capitalist societies. That yeah. actually, if you have less, it makes your life simpler and easier.
0: That's that wonderful line from Joni Mitchell craziness you get from too much choice. But it's true. It and I, true. I know
1: that it is true. I go into the supermarket here and just looking at, you know, I don't know all the different types of chocolate i'm like i'm too exhausted to choose <laughs> which is a good thing so I, I am i am looking forward to getting back to the life i've come to live which is a bit simpler and i know that i'm sorry everyone i know that sounds really wanky but it there is there is a truth in living with less that i have come to appreciate and having said that i still do like a bit of shopping so i am definitely
0: split makes it nice to be able to come back and do those things. But then you appreciate it that it's there to be done.
1: Absolutely. And as I say, one of the wonderful things in London is just how much it has to offer. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I've been to the cinema loads because I love the cinema. So that's been really enjoyable. And just seeing friends and going to the museums. And I'm I'm now a fellow of the Royal Geographical Society.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. So I went to kind of see what I could find out about them. And I went to see an Eric Newby ex- exhibition of photographs Mm -hmm. um so i think all of those things are very stimulating Mm -hmm. kind of intellectually and that is something i really appreciate
0: and you say you've been talking to kids
1: yes i have i did um i'm a patron of a fantastic charity in bootle in liverpool which aims to increase literacy in children because they're in the bottom six percent in the uk so the aim is to get kids really interested in reading Mm -hmm. um and they've opened i'm a patron of their shop, uh, which is called McKinsey and Co, and it's based on the theme of steampunk explorers. <laughs> okay. So I fit. I fit right in. So I went to give a talk to thirty-eight to eleven-year-olds. Um, about my recent expeditions and I took along, you know, some Stone Age tools to show them and the safari jacket Ooh. from Craghoppers, and all my kit, And and of course, you know, you know kids are like, they love it, especially when mm-hmm. you talk about things like camel poo um, <laughs> and ticks, which suck your blood from your belly button. <laughs> um, so very, very enjoyable and it's such a worthwhile charity and they all get, they were doing their own adventure books so they're writing their own adventure books
0: oh, and good. they were all
1: very keen. And then afterwards I got an email from one of the a a grandmother whose daughter whose granddaughter had spent 45 minutes on the phone taking her through my talk word by word the poor woman she had to listen to it all but apparently her daughter described me, she'd obviously asked her granddaughter what I looked like and Eva I think who's around eight said Mm -hmm. her legs are very skinny because she walks a lot and she (laughs) she used to be white but now she's more the colour of a digestive biscuit (laughs) (laughs)
0: what a flattering flattering description of you
1: i know well her grandmother assured me it was meant as a compliment who doesn't want to look like a biscuit
0: (laughs) that's right (laughs) i know i know oh that's great so you had fun with the kids in other words yeah of course of
1: course it's always i think anything you can do to kind of children just need a bit of imagination firing so mm-hmm. you know i'm always i'm always hopeful that something i say will spur a child on to to do to do something that they wouldn't otherwise do you that's also good s-
0: you also say you're off to meet your uh, your suppliers your manufacturers and talk about how their gear held up
1: yeah this was this is a really fun thing to do so i mean as everybody knows i'm a crag hoppers ambassador mm-hmm. proud to be so and um they gave me my kit for the last expedition now of course, I actually get to field test their kit to kind of to excess because nobody, you know, if you go hiking even every weekend to get to 78 days at half a marathon a day in very difficult conditions, you'd be going some,
0: yeah,
1: you know, so I... I get to test it out really, really hard. And they always love the feedback. And there's one particular guy, Henry, who does bags and it was hilarious. So I took my bag that I'd used on the trek with me. And every day this bag had been, you know, unloaded, loaded, put on the camels, carried in a bag by the camels. So I hadn't it wasn't a rucksack, it was it was a a carrying bag. And it, it lasted really well. And it's a really simple bag, but very spacious and I like it because it's got three pockets. It's got one zip that you can undo the whole zip. It works really well. So anyway, so I took it back to Henry and he was delighted And what made me laugh, right? He is going around it and he's like, oh, good, I can see exactly where it wore. And then he's taking pictures of every single kind of tiny bit of wear and tear. <laughs> um, really enthusiastic. And then he's like, could I keep it? And the problem is, of course, I'd used it to bring all my stuff over to the oh, UK. Okay, it, okay. It's okay. like, the per- you know, it goes in, the, it's a perfect flight bag as well. So I'm like, no you can't have it back and he's like oh i'll just take a video then and he's taking a video of this bag so it's cool i like giving feedback to the to the to the kit people because i do think you know they're keen to improve their products and i can give them a really honest uh, interpretation of of how the kit's done yeah assessment is exactly the right word and i have to say the thing about craghoppers that the overall thing about them there's lots of things but the overall really good thing their stuff is really durable
0: mm-hmm. it
1: really lasts it really really lasts and you know in today's world where we're all trying to think about sustainability yeah I give them I give them preps for that I give them kudos for that
0: why didn't he just swap out a new bag with you
1: didn't because I was at the head office I wasn't at the, where they make oh, the factory oh, so yeah oh. otherwise he could have and he could have he could have had mine with pleasure but yeah, um, of course. it did make me laugh you know <laughs>
0: Well, let's hop back just a little in time. Before you left and came to, to England, you got to go hiking in the in the mountains before you blasted off?
1: I did, and that was so nice because, you know, because the terrain I'd been walking in before was so flat and so featureless, to then, like, be catapulted back into my little mountain, my little mountain kind of Eagle Erie, and then to go for a big hike and see... The spring, as it's arriving in an area where there are trees and wild flowers, mm-hmm. and everything's just coming into that tiny bit of green bud, and smells, um, and the smells. I know the smell of water, and the, there's a lot of water around. So the smell of water, the smell of mud. Um, yeah, which you're probably really fi-
0: finely tuned now. <laughs>
1: I, I actually haven't – I mean, it's probably deadened now, but my sense of smell had definitely improved.
0: Oh, really? Good. Yeah,
1: from a, I think so because I think your senses sharpen when they've got less to confuse them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it had definitely sharpened when I got back to the mountains, and that was lovely. And also, it sounds – again, it sounds quite strange, but having walked on the flat, it was actually great for my <sighs> joints and my muscles to walk uphill and downhill again.
0: Yeah, that.
1: So that So I found that was – quite restful and good i mean i got a little bit out of breath because i've also got i've, I've stopped being used to the altitude i've been walking at sea level for three uh-huh. months and i live at 1750 meters yeah. so i found myself really getting out of breath and also not sleeping very well when i first got back mm-hmm. and i think it's purely that i've swapped altitude quite quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I hope when I go back I can get used to it and just start walking again and get in training for the next leg.
0: I heard a good a good description of that the training that you're talking about it's called muscle confusion. You want to Ooh. create muscle confusion so your muscles don't know what to anticipate.
1: I think that's true. I think, actually, if you want to get fitter, you have to not do the same repetitive thing over and over again, because the body just cheats itself.
0: I thought that was just um, a wonderful description.
1: It is. Well, I think I'm quite often confused, so <laughs> that will go down well. <laughs> you're right there.
0: Now, the neighbors, the neighbors, you're going to... We Hopefully, you get back there on Saturday to see them. You had to get just adjusted again. Now, you get to have
1: breakfast yeah, at
0: the normal yeah, time. and
1: exactly. It's so lovely. So... I live in this family compound with three other families and in Moroccan society, the sexes are quite segregated Mm -hmm. um, just by what they do and, and, you know, by the culture, not, it sounds horrible, but it's not, it's just as things fall out. And of course, I've just spent three months entirely with men, you know, men, men, and camel men. Mm -hmm. So now I'm flung back into my old life, which is all women because it's the women in the home. Mm -hmm. So it's back to kind of, we, it's a very sociable, place to live because in my four three families and me um the women always have second breakfast together at 10 o'clock and that is they all get together in one or the other's houses and they have two different kinds of tea one without sugar for the diabetics and mm-hmm. one with sugar for the rest of us and then they they make fresh fresh kind of flaky they're a cross between a paratha and a pancake and they're called musimman and you have those they're fresh they're they're baked in a square very thin and flaky and you eat those with um home churned butter from the cow Mm. and honey wild honey from the mountains and olive oil grown in the local farms Mm. so you that and and jam so that's what you you have for your second breakfast and it's very sociable and then you do it all over again at five o'clock exactly the same food and it's kind of you know it's tea time
0: what what time do people eat dinner?
1: they eat dinner probably about seven or eight depends oh, so i mean
0: okay yeah yeah it is
1: much later it is much later it's not actually an early culture i am usually people get up early if they have a specific task like getting the kids to school or getting the you know feeding the cow but then they don't actually start lots of activity until i'd say the town doesn't really the town the village doesn't come alive to probably about 10 o'clock Really? And the same, yeah, the same for the compound. It really surprised me when I first moved there. I'm, because I always wake up at 10 to 7, so I'm, and when I wake up, I'm up and about. Mm-hmm. And nobody, nobody else is really. As I say, if there's a specific task, they are. But otherwise, no, people are, I'd say people are later rather than earlier, which is surprising in an agrarian
0: yeah, surely, community. Aren't they out there getting cows fed and the... the?
1: Well, they are, as the I say. animals they,
0: going, or, I mean, when the yeah, sun comes up, you have to be there when that happens, don't you? Or... well.
1: But one woman will go and feed the cows because ah, they're under the house. Ah, okay. so, and the rest don't, you see, because everything's shared in the community. Mm-hmm. So we're, th- including me, there's four four families. I'm my own little family. So there's three families and me. So one of the women will go and do the cows.
0: Do you get to do, do you get to help with the chores? Do you go feed cows? and?
1: I was, well... I'm so lazy. I haven't helped with the, <laughs> the chores, but I would be very happy to. And I actually would like to. And I'd like to take a little video of, of exactly what goes on because I don't know. So that is one of the things I'll do when I go back.
0: Yeah, that'd be fantastic.
1: Yeah, it'd be really interesting, I to think. To
0: see about life in the compound.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it would. I think for people who are not there, it gives just gives an insight. Uh, And it's, of course, for me, it's lovely to be back. These women are my friends and it's lovely to be back with my friends Mm -hmm. and just to get slotted back into who's, you know, who's given birth and who's died and and what the kids are up to and all of that kind of very, just very intimate, lovely domestic life. I'm Mm -hmm. enjoying it. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, in the little town where my dad grew up with 800 people in it and they were all first generation Norwegians um they all the old ladies met every day at 10 for coffee right? it's the
1: same thing i and think a all the met, thing.
0: and they all met again at four o'clock for coffee and then they all had to get home to make supper at six so it, it was exactly the same
1: yeah and it's very interesting
0: sadly doesn't exist anymore
1: yeah i think there is definitely that feeling of of eat. I think, you know, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I know I understand the sentiment behind it, but I don't think it's true. I think it's those daily interactions that make the heart grow fonder. Because if you're, it just becomes a part of the fabric of your life if you're with people every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, it's fantastic. Yeah, isn't that funny? We, uh, yeah, kind of came from the same, you're going back to a place that I came from.
1: Well, I think and again I you know, I think that's something we need to relearn in our society is that is that easy community.
0: Yeah. Try and give
1: us give ourselves opportunity to have that easy community. It's not relearning, everybody knows it, that sounds patronizing, but just give ourselves that opportunity for time to spend with our fellow humans because Mm. then you like them more. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I hope you get back to see them again and find yes. out the news and have second Thank breakfast. You.
1: I hope so, too. That seems like a very good point to end on with wishes for my safe travels.
0: Yeah, I, there, uh, well, that is true. I wish you safe travels and I, I, I hope you get home. It's not Thank a very you. long flight, is it? It's three hours? No, it's
1: three hours and a half.
0: <clears throat> three and a half. So.
1: And before I get on there, if anyone's listening to Radio 4 on Saturday, 9 o'clock till 10.30, I'm on Saturday Live.
0: And you were on television, is that correct? Yeah, right I after was. you came back, I didn't get to watch it, but uh, yeah?
1: I've put, I've put the clip up on, you, on my YouTube channel, oh, you Alice did. Morrison. Okay. Yeah, it's up there. I was on BBC Breakfast, which was great, because I got to kind of show and tell about what I was doing. So it's always great to kind of get the word out to as many people as possible.
0: Super. All right. Well, we will speak in Two weeks. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah? All right. (laughs) Bye bye, Alice.
1: Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.
0: Bye bye.